The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 168. And I'm sure about it this week, which I'm calling Waiting for WWDC or something like it. Yeah, last week I said it was episode 166. The only problem with that is it was actually episode 167. I guess switching between using Apple Pages and Microsoft Word confused my old fart mind. This episode will sort of be short due to the dearth of tech and other news. Don't worry though, next week is Apple's yearly Worldwide Developers Conference, better known as WWDC, or DubDubDC if you're cool and work within the tech press. (laughs) Tech news! First up from Gizmodo.com. China removes 1.4 million posts and 67,000 accounts in latest social media purge, reads the headline. The Cyberspace Administration of China justified the sweeping actions, stating that they were taken to combat a rise in, wait for it, misinformation and other harmful content. Sound familiar? Well, it should sound familiar to you. We've been hearing those buzzwords in this country for a while now. The only difference is that so far, the U.S. government doesn't have the authority to conduct such a purge of posts and accounts. Instead, it's left up to the owners of the various social media platforms to police themselves. Though I'd bet that there are some within our government that wish they had such authority. Instead, the myriad of misinformation boards that are being stood up with many government agencies advise so-called non-government agencies who are mostly funded by the government to put pressure on the social media platforms to do so. Hey, that's a nice workaround, isn't it? A lot of the communist Chinese accounts takedowns were of imposter accounts, meaning that they were impersonating businesses and public institutions. Yeah, I think we can all get behind that. However, the majority of accounts and posts taken down were from posters who shared news stories but were not authorized to do so by the state and what the authorities called, quote, fake news. It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. It didn't happen. And what is basically yet another hit piece on Elon Musk-owned Twitter, QZ.com reports that the social media platform has pulled out from a voluntary keyword here being voluntary, program set up by the European Union to stamp out online disinformation. This upset the EU as its commissioner for internal market tweeted, quote, but obligations remain. You can run, but you can't hide, unquote. Boy, it seems that the people in government love to make threats. I guess this is a run-up to imposing fines, which the European Union loves to impose, especially on U.S.-based tech firms, using them as a virtual ATM, in my opinion. The rest of the article was just the same old Elon bad Twitter worse garbage. Well, I hope Blue Sky turns out as well as expected. If it doesn't, Twitter will remain the only game in town and the types that keep on complaining about Twitter will still have nowhere to go. According to a report from TheStreet.com, 
Amazon is in talks with mobile phone carriers T-Mobile and Verizon to offer free mobile service to the company's U.S.-based Prime members. The deal could include a $10 monthly plan and possibly free unlimited plans, according to sources. Now, this part has me confused. What's the difference between the $10 per month plan and the free unlimited plan, and why would I opt for the $10 per month plan when I could have a free unlimited plan? I don't know what they meant, but perhaps uh, you would have to pay an extra 10 bucks per month for the free service? Well, that wouldn't be free now, would it? Well, I don't know, but free sounds awfully good to me. My lovely wife and I are currently on the T-Mobile Senior Plan, in which we pay $50 per month for two lines with unlimited service. I also have my Apple Watch's cellular service on the plan for an additional 10 bucks per month. I doubt I could add my watch to any future Amazon Prime cell service, though, which is also true for all cheap MVNO cellular companies out there. That being the Amazon Prime account is solely in my name, meaning that my wife would not be eligible for the rumored free service. Anyway, if this happens, it could be an incentive for those that don't belong to Amazon Prime to sign on up. I wish Amazon would offer free high-speed internet with Prime. I'd be down for that, yo. And that's me being now hip and happening. No, dear, that's wrong. Well, one of my favorite video conferencing apps, Microsoft Teams, is getting a facelift. At least that's what an article on TechRadar.com is saying. Besides Microsoft Office Suite being industry standard, Teams is the main reason I re-upped my subscription to Office 365 last month after canceling it upon my retirement in December of last year. I use Teams almost daily while performing some of my duties within the Department of Homeland Security, and Teams was instrumental in my retirement process going so smoothly. In this new update, Microsoft Communities, which is sort of a poor man's discord, can be accessed within Teams along with Microsoft Designer, a generative AI art tool that can be used for making images for social media posts, etc. Pretty nifty features. Yay! But they're only going to be available for Windows 11 versions, not for a good old Mac OS. I confess, I'm not a big Reddit user, but sometimes I need to use it while searching for information on various subjects. In my opinion, the Reddit website and mobile app aren't as good as they could be, so I bought the third-party app Apollo for when I need to access Reddit. Last week, the developers behind Apollo announced that Reddit intends to charge all third-party apps $20 million per year in order to use Reddit's data. Well, that's a lot of lettuce, and will put Apollo and other third-party apps out of business. Reddit plans to go public later this year, and that's probably the reason for this. As usual, it's all about... That'll do it for Tech News this week, as the world awaits Apple's WWDC, which takes place Monday, the 5th of June. Besides updates to iOS and macOS and other Apple operating systems, a new MacBook Air, which I'm very interested in, a new Mac Creator computer, I wish I could afford, and the long-rumored Apple Virtual Reality goggles are supposed to be introduced. I have no interest in the goggles, as I can't see myself wearing them, battery packs strapped to my waist, webbing my hands around while standing in the middle of my living room. Plus, these things will cost upward of $3,000. And are the first generation of this product, meaning all the bugs within both the hardware and software haven't been worked out yet. Are you looking forward to any of the rumored introductions by Apple? Tech I'm using. Yeah, yeah, you've heard it all before. 
No new tech has magically appeared within the old Ford household since last week's episode, unfortunately. Though I like having the latest shiny bobble to play around with, due to my fixed income, I no longer have the financial resources for my tech addiction purchases. Instead, I go to places with enormous electronic departments, like Best Buy or Costco, for example, and stand there in the middle of them mesmerized while my wife completes the necessary shopping. It's sort of the way my wife acts looking at footwear and pocketbook displays. <laughs> Regardless, I'm pretty satisfied with most of the tech I have on hand, except for my ancient iMac. I spent a few hours last week deleting apps and files I no longer use and optimizing the machine's wheezing old mechanical hard drive. Hopefully all this maintenance will allow the old gal to make it until I'm able to replace her. Well, time will tell. I switch off between my Intel-based MacBook Air and Pro as far as my computing needs go, while my 11-inch iPad Pro is used for light text editing, but mainly for consuming content. If I would have sprung for the 12-inch screened iPad Pro, I think I would have gotten away with using that as my main computing device. But to purchase the 12-inch iPad Pro along with the Magic Keyboard, the final price would be a bit higher than a more powerful MacBook Air. Comparing my MacBook Air versus the Pro, I prefer the keyboard of the Air over the Pro, though the Pro's keyboard is the newer and supposedly better version of the old, now obsolete, butterfly keyboard. That thing reminded me of my old Radio Shack color computer circa 1983. Wow! Yeah, getting old. Well, not getting, I am old. Though my MacBook Pro screen has a better resolution in the True Tone feature, I really don't notice much of a difference. That's why I think I'm going to go with the new 15-inch screened MacBook Air that's to be announced at WWDC, well, supposedly. I think the size of the screen is more important to me than the fancy features at this point, though I could be wrong. My lovely wife is enjoying her new iPad, which is the latest iteration and most expensive of the base model iPad. I've played around with it, and it's safe to say that this model is a good choice for those that are not power users, and it can easily be most people's main computing device, or maybe somebody's first computer. And finally, for the tech I'm using section, though Apple's laptops cost a lot more than most of its Windows-based rivals, you do get more value with them, in my opinion. The build quality is the best. You'll get operating system updates for at least five years, and you get a built-in office suite that rivals any other one out there. Pages for word processing, numbers for spreadsheets, and keynotes for presentations. Though FaceTime is a viable video conferencing app, it's light on features compared to Teams or even Google Meet. I don't know why Apple doesn't address this. You also get iMovie and GarageBand, video and editing software, both very serviceable. In summary, if you do buy a Mac, you can always do things you'd want to do with a computer right out of the box without having to purchase any additional software. Hence the reason for the dreaded Apple tax, in my opinion. Entertainment news. There's still no movies being released that would tempt me to attend a movie theater to watch it. Heck, if there aren't any movies available, I'd be willing to plunk down the 6 to $7 to rent. I can't even dig up anything I'd be interested in watching on any of the paid streaming services I have. How do we arrive at this point? I blame years of lazy reboots of older successful movies in which the producers modified the characters and plot for, quote, modern audiences, unquote, and a reliance on comic books for source material. I wish studios outside of Hollywood could obtain the funding to fill this void. I just want to be entertained and not be lectured or told how I should be thinking about things. 
I look back at those old spy thrillers and noir detective flicks with reverence and wonder why they can't make those types of movies at the present time. You know, a movie with an actual intricate plot. Maybe artificial intelligence will be able to harken back to those types of scripts. The currently striking writers of the Guild don't seem to be capable of this any longer, though some new television series have great plots and writing. You know, most of my television watching these days is on YouTube Premium. So what does that say about the current crop of movies appeal to my particular age group and I believe others? Podcast News Besides a bunch of podcasting conferences coming up, most industry-sponsored, which means no need to apply if you're an independent podcaster, there's not much happening in podcasting, be it independent or industrial. So instead, I'll run down some shows I listen to and the listening apps I've checked out. For news and opinion, Daybreak Insider Podcast from Salem. A pretty much unbiased rundown of the day's biggest stories. It's professionally done and produced. Next, the Wright Report. That's W-R-I-G-H-T Report for News Breakdown. The show is hosted by a former CIA officer who used to host the President's Daily Brief Podcast. For opinions, the Michael Savage Show. Now, if you miss the loud, opinionated, cranky old boomer AM radio style take on things, then this is your show. It's hosted by the radio legend himself, Michael Savage. This podcast touches on some controversial subjects. Uh, lately, Mr. Savage has been just recycling some of his old radio shows, but once in a while, he manages to put together an entertaining show. The X-22 Report and the Union of the Unwanted. And both of these shows have had the honor of being removed from listening platforms and the Apple Podcast Index, though they seem to have gotten back on them. If you want to hear unusual, sometimes crazy opinions on current events, you'll find no better than these two shows. The New Media Show, hosted by the CEO of the Blueberry Podcast Hosting Service. This show covers all the inside happenings of the podcast industry. And now for some scripted podcasts. I don't really listen to that many. Actually, just two right now. The first one is the No Sleep Podcast. This podcast was born from a subreddit, and it's the granddaddy of scripted horror podcasts. It's written and performed by professional writers and voiceover actors. There's no better podcast in the horror genre. Recently, the No Sleep Podcast has joined Audio Boom. Well, hopefully this won't have any negative effect on the show. The other scripted podcast I listen to is the Magnus Files. Though not as thickly performed or produced as the No Sleep Podcast, the stories are every bit as engaging as those of the No Sleep Podcast. And finally, my most listened to podcast, and that's the No Agenda Podcast, hosted by the podfather himself, Adam Curry, with John C. Dvorak, the OG of tech reporting. This podcast describes itself as a news media deconstruction show. It's the most entertaining podcast out there, in my opinion. That's what I'm listening to. What's on your podcast listening app? To ensure you can still listen to your favorite shows if they're kicked off the major indexes or platforms, I recommend using the modern podcast 2.0 listening apps. All are free, but if you subscribe, you'll get more features. Up first is Castomatic. It's the slickest looking podcast app out there and the cheapest to subscribe to at nine bucks per year. While it doesn't feature all the podcasting 2.0 enhancements like live streaming and chat rooms, it covers the basics. Next is Podcast Guru. 
It's a beautiful app which features all the enhancements of Podcasting 2.0, though they lag a bit on adding new features. This one will run you about $13 per year. The last of the Podcasting 2.0 compliant apps is Podverse. It features up-to-the-minute Podcasting 2.0 enhancements, but it's the most expensive to subscribe to at $18 annually. I subscribe to all three of these apps, but one might be put on the old chopping block. An honorable mention goes to Pocket Casts. It's the oldest and most feature-laden non-podcasting 2.0 apps. Once independently owned and developed, Pocketcast was bought out by a conglomerate of international public broadcasters where the app was left to languish. Recently, the app was sold at a loss to WordPress, who brought back the original developers, who've brought the app back up to speed. Unfortunately, the subscription price has nearly doubled to $15 per year. Well, what's your app of choice for listening to podcasts? Ah, don't get your hopes up. No. I'm just not in the mood to tell a story or rant about anything. It's a lazy Sunday with a busy week for me ahead, so I'll just end this episode here. I will say that the noise level where I live has increased along with the temperature lately, which reminds me of one of the things I really dislike about summertime. You know, I didn't move to the suburbs just to endure urban noise levels. Oh well. This will all be a thing of the past once I move away from here. Fingers crossed. The music is playing and we all know what that means. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. Hey, why don't you make my day and give me a donation? You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Is summer over yet? No. Well, just let me know before getting off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya.